At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi line on a Sunday. We welcome you in. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point out in Jersey, right on time. Michael Lombardi. What's cracking, man? How are we doing? Okay, he's just plugging, he's just plugging in there as we get the technical difficulties out of the way. But we'll get you started. Dan Dockich is going to join us coming up in just a little bit here on the Lombardi line. Also, Josh Applebaum's going to stop by, Thomas Gable. And as Michael Lombardi's good friend John Gruden would say, we got to get some juice, man. We need some juice because whatever the hell that was yesterday, that wasn't juice, right? You take a look at what happened. Houston Villanova. That performance by Houston, woof, one for 20 from three, couldn't make a bucket. I hear Michael. Michael, if you're there, just jump in. You got me? Yeah, I got you, bro. I got How you, doing? Patrick. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, woof, woof, woof. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 that, let's, that first game, you, you know, it was one of those where I didn't think either team played well. Uh, I tweeted out, Gillespie looked like he was hurt the entire game. I mean, he couldn't get going at all. And he made that one shot uh, late in the fourth quarter. But there was – when your best player can't score and you're still winning by seven, that tells you a lot about your team, right? And I thought that's kind of what happened in that game. And it was really kind of impressive that they were able to uh, – Villanova, I mean, was able to do what they did and still win the game and still win the game. I mean, it was remarkable, right? It was a terrible game. I mean, to be honest, Nova shot 28%. Houston shot 29%. 
you know, Houston's defense is relentless, Michael, but they just couldn't get a score. You remember, they pulled within two right around five minutes, and yeah. and that's where Gillespie came out of the timeout and hit the one bucket. But they pulled to within two, and then, you know, Villanova just went on a run. And also, we talked about the free throw shooting. Villanova was 15 of 15 from the free throw line. I mean, really, what no, it comes no. to, it's the difference in this game because both teams played horribly. Right, and, 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 and Houston missed five free throws, right? And Houston couldn't score. I mean, Houston outscored them in the last five minutes of the game, 15 to 10, but they still lost by six. I mean, they had five minutes of, of below 10 points the, the first, in the first five. Bless you. Boy, everything's, excuse me, everything's falling apart for me here today. And then the second, and then the start, the second quarter, the start, the second half, it was, they had nine. So to me, you know, look, they couldn't shoot. I think it's the same thing that happened later in the day. These teams that are really good defensively, they go in these moments where they can't score. Arkansas can't score. And the other teams that they play have just enough offense to create problems. And look, credit Villanova. I mean, when your best player, he played 36 minutes, Gillespie. He played 36 minutes. You know, he took two shots from the inside the three-point line. He missed all three three-pointers, and yet you win by six? against a really good team, I think that's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. And Samuels, who's been great, 16 and 10. Caleb Daniels had 14. But here's the thing. Justin Moore, and it's a, such a sad story yeah. with him crying after Horrible. the game. Looks like it's an Achilles. He is their yeah. second leading scorer, the junior. He's dynamic, 15-5, gives you almost two and a half assists a game, shoots over 35% from three. Justin Moore's not going to be there. This is a team that only plays six guys anyway. <laughs> As we move on, yeah. that is going to be now huge with five. the guard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jay Wright's going to have to find a way to make up the, the you know, get, Moore played 37 minutes and got hurt. He played 37 minutes and was hurt. I, know. I mean, think about it, you know, and, and, and he didn't make a shot. Moore did not make a shot inside the three-point line. Think about that, Patrick. So they're going to have to figure out a way to, 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 to find minutes. Somebody on that bench has got to come through. But more than anything, you know, I, 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 look, I, do I think Gillespie's a pro player? Based on what I've seen, it would be hard to think he's going to ever create a shot in the NBA. But to me, I thought the way they defended him yesterday was so hard. And because of the way they run their offense, there's no – he doesn't get a lot of easy shots, you know. He doesn't create. He doesn't get to the rim. He doesn't play above the rim. So they're going to have to figure out a way where he can create some points. And if he's able to create points, I'm not sure he's 100% healthy. I don't want to ding the kid because he's playing. I think he's playing hurt. I think after this is over with, sometime in April, we're going to find out he was hurt. Well, I think that's yeah. just yeah. what I, mean, I see. Yeah, we talked about it. He banged his knee in the quarters. And it looked like he was missing some of that spring that he generally has. Look, there's two guys, essentially, you know, can add Samuels that can create his own shot. But as far as running sets, Justin Moore, Gillespie, and Houston does what they do is, you know, they were cutting off ball screens. They were in passing lanes constantly. So you couldn't really set up in the half court if you're Villanova. And I think what you said, maybe I'm giving, maybe I'm taking away because aesthetically it was such an unpleasing game. Maybe I'm taking away from what I should be getting credit to. And that is Villanova. I mean, think about it. This is their third Final Four in their past six tournaments. They won in 16. They won in 18. I mean, it's an amazing run by this Villanova squad. and No doubt. Team. They're mentally tough. And the guy's a great coach. I mean, the guy is great a coach. great coach. And, and he'll figure out a way somehow, some way with giving him some time off to as he prepares for, you know, to play a really, really, really good team. I mean, he's, you know, the next team he's going to play is going to be as must found out 
when you've got that many offensive weapons, that many skilled players, as good as you can play defensively, there's always going to be a matchup. It's a little bit like in the NFL when you when you have that combination of players where the defense really can't take a guy out. You know, you can't really eliminate them. The back, the tight end, the, the inside receiver, all of a sudden, you know, you, as Belichick would often say, we can't double everybody, right? There's got to be a one-on-one. And the problem Duke presented last night was whenever they got a one-on-one, they could win the one-on-one no matter who it was. And there was never a half a man to help. And so defensively, it just became a problem for Arkansas. Yeah, we should get into your our, your boys there. We'll get into it now. Just quickly, Villanova, whether it's Kansas or Miami, I'll be fascinated to see what the market, how the market sets up, because the more loss, I, I can't over quantify. It is so big. I think at this point, because of what you said about Gillespie and potentially being injured, I think more and Samuels may even be more. This might be a little disrespectful to Gillespie. Might be more. Uh, maybe valuable to the team. I don't know. It's weird. Not having more is going to be huge on an already short bench. So we shall see. Now, as you yeah, just I, mentioned. I just got to think when we look at these brackets here, to me, the winner of this tournament is going to come from that Duke bracket. If Duke's if Duke plays North Carolina and they win, I have a hard time thinking Villanova without their guy. I mean, and if Kansas, unless they play much better, you know, I think I think Miami is certainly a viable play. That line opened at six and a half. It's down to five. We'll talk about that later today. But to me, the way to me that one side of the bracket looks like the two best teams that I've seen. Only because, only because, to me, Villanova's at the injury. That that would be the, that's the only thing that's keeping me away from Villanova is the injury. 78-69, Duke ends up closing four and a half. They cover. It wasn't as close as the 78-69 final score would indicate. What you're watching with Duke, it's almost like you're watching a kid learn to walk. These kids are all mm. putting it together in real time, and they're getting better and better with each game. Think about it. Against Michigan State, the final five. Against Texas Tech, the final seven. And against Arkansas, they dominated the final 12, right? Because Arkansas went on that little run, and then – Duke just said, you know what, we're not going to have this one on a 16-6 run and pulled away. They were just, they're just unbelievable right now. They shot 58% inside the three-point line. You know, Muss went into the game thinking we got to stop their three-pointer. They altered their position because of how well they defend the three-point line. And they took 43 shots inside the three-point line and shot 58%. I mean, that's what they, they shot 58% in there, you know, and Bonchero and Moore and Roach, who's fabulous. I mean, Mark Williams early in the game was just tough to play with, and they kept getting offensive rebounds. They got seven offensive rebounds, and so, you know, they got 27 defensive rebounds. I mean, Arkansas just, to me, they ran into a team that had too much talent. They just had too much talent, and, and as well as he can coach and as well as he can create a defensive scheme, when you've got that many great offensive players you have to defend, it becomes hard to defend. Well, you said it, 46 points in the paint which is unbelievable. Also, they had seven steals and 12 points off turnovers. And Williams, the big there with Duke, I thought he was awesome. Kind of unbelievable. He, he, he controlled everything because you can take chances on the perimeter if you're a guard because you know he's behind you and it's going to protect you because he had three blocks. He had 12 points, 12 boards. thought Williams was great. That starting five is, it's, they're all pros. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. and they're putting it together like we just said. This will be, you know, this is interesting, Michael. We're going to get dockage up here in a couple of minutes. But this is interesting. So another final four, that's 13 for Coach K, breaks the tie with Wooden. Think about it this way. 
He went to three Final Fours in the 80s, five Final Fours in the 90s, two in the aughts, two in the 10s, and he just got to one in the 20s. So that's five decades of Final Four <laughs> runs for Coach K. Yeah, and this is the one team that the one-and-done team that he's had a hard time coaching, the one-and-done players. You know, a lot of his titles have come from his ability to develop talent, procure talent, and make talent better. But this team, to me, is one as he exits the game with a wonderful career. This is the one team that I think has he's improved them as a one-and-done team. And they really look into it. And that burden of carrying uh, his farewell on their shoulders has dissipated. I think the best thing that's happened to him is losing to North Carolina, is losing in the, in, the, in the ACC tournament. I mean, I think that has kind of removed all the problems from them, and they're playing at their highest, highest level. I mean, Arkansas could have played them 10 times last night, and they were going to lose all 10. They just were not as good. And I'm not trying to absolve the coach because I think ultimately the coach got them as far as they could go. But there was just no way. The talent was too great. Moore, Roach, uh, Bonchero, all those guys. Williams. I mean, it, you, like you said, this the NBA draft is going to be filled with five names from Duke. <laughs> it's unbelievable. By the way, just a inside baseball gambling nerdy stat here. So 78-69, so it lands 147. Yesterday I texted a bunch of pros on the total Arkansas Duke because it was sitting 147, and they all said 147 is the perfect number. Isn't it incredible? It lands amazing. 147. So the market it's was amazing. all over it. Now, may may have closed 148 at a couple of books or 147 and a half, but it landed. One, I don't know. how. That's unbelievable how that works out. Okay. It just proves the point people play numbers, not teams. That's right. 100% right. All right. Got to get to St. Peter's. We're wearing all black because it's St. Peter's Day here on the Lombardi Line. Dackage next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo Play.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup. You get the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legend, oven-baked sizzling bacon. Yum. Freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Okay, Dan Dockage is going to join us here, of course. 107, the fan in Indianapolis. Just quickly, St. Peter's, North Carolina. That number open, Michael Lombardi. Eight, it's been bet up to eight and a half. Miami getting some love in the market. Kansas open six. I see a couple of five and a halfs on the board and mostly, mostly sixes. But a little love for your Hurricanes there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, I thought the line moved. But you know what's funny about, and we've got to get Coach Dackage on. I can't wait to hear what he has to say, but... If you power rate these teams, you know, how is North Carolina not a double-digit favorite against St. Peter's? It just shows you the power of playing better now, how it can affect the line. Because if you put a double-digit number up there, all the money would come in on St. Peter's. Yep, 100%. Coach Dockich joins us now. I mentioned 107, the fan. Now, well, let's, let's back up to move forward, Coach. First off, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Houston Villanova, more goes down. How big is that for Villanova moving forward? Oh, I think that's really big. Thanks for having me on. I think Thank that's you. really big. I think that I think that Moore is one of those guys that when you need him, he's there. And there are very few of those guys. And when you look at Villanova, it's not an overly deep team. Uh, and now you've got one of their best. I think that's a huge story. I do think this, though. Um, I do think that Villanova is one of those teams that kind of the, the sum is greater than its parts, you know. And I tell young coaches all the time, Two things. Number one, shut your mouth because nobody wants to hear from a young coach. And number two, study Villanova, the way they go about their business. I mean, it's 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 huge. Let's just put it that way. It's huge, and and he he provides toughness. And you saw yesterday. You know, everybody talks about Calvin Sampson and how tough his teams are, and they are. But Villanova was tougher, and a lot of it was more as well as well as everybody else. Hey, Coach, when you watched that game, did you think Gillespie was injured, or did you just think Houston was doing such a good job of taking him out of his spots? Coach, well, you know this. Sometimes sometimes the underdog says, wait a second, you're, you're what now? You're, you're the player of the year in the Big East? No, I'm Two in times? your backside. Let's put, <laughs> let's put it that way. I'm going to be yeah. in your backside. It's personal. I thought it was personal with Gillespie yesterday. And give him credit, he had a big shot, man. He had a really big shot. But I thought I, sometimes with, if you're not the most talented dude and, you know, the other guy's quick, they can get to your backside. And they did, man. I, I thought Gillespie was fine. I just thought, man, dudes were coming at him. And he was hanging on for dear life. 
You yeah. saw the same thing I saw, Coach. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I mean, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt with the injury, but to me, I mean, it looked like look, you're the Big East player of the year two times? I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, this, this may be – you may be the Big East player of the year, but you ain't doing that stuff to me, and that's a yeah. big deal in basketball. You know, in basketball now – so much of it is off the dribble. You know, used to be the ball move, don't dribble, that kind of stuff. But now everything's off the dribble. So it's a one-on-one. And, the, and a lot of people think when they think one-on-one, they think offensive player. Well, guess what? That second one in one-on-one is the defensive player. And there's a little pride. And there's a lot of pride in Houston's defense. So, hey, look, Villanova, I thought, matched right up to the toughness. I thought it from the get-go. Good win for them. Uh, and, you know, for Gillespie, I'm sure he's back right now in a hot tub somewhere going, oh, man, thank God that's over. We're, we're starting to see this Duke team gel, Dan. How scary are they moving forward? Yeah, I tell you what, I'm, I'm looking at things, and I'm no, I'm no genius, but I think Ben Carroll or Ben Chero, I'm, I always get the name wrong, and I can't remember which way I get it wrong, but I think he is the number one pick in the draft. I, I look at a 6'9", 6'10", guard. Uh, and I'm like, wow, what can't that guy do? He shoots it. He shoots it late, too. And you guys, you know, Coach, There's a uh, there, we, we used to call them 3 o'clock hitters in baseball. Man, that dude looks great at 3 o'clock, but the damn game is at 7. You know, yeah. you know? And yeah. uh, he's one of them dudes. He's one of them dudes that can make, make big shots. Uh, Roach has been terrific. Griffin can shoot it in. They look very confident to me. I, I hope. I, look, I want – I love the story – of St. Peter's and living right here in Indiana and being an Indiana University alumnus, St. Peter's is our all-time favorite NCAA team. I mean, they beat Calipari and Kentucky and they beat Purdue. So for an Indiana guy, these are this is a dream team, Sam. But I don't think I think North Carolina's playing great, uh, and I think we're going to end up seeing a North Carolina Duke Final Four. And I think it's going to be magnificent. Yeah, you, 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 Indiana folks, you love to recreate that Hickory High thing, and I, and I think St. Peter's has certainly done that. You know, I really do. I mean, they are, but they're going to find a team today. I mean, North Carolina. I mean, talk a little bit about why they're playing so much better than they did earlier in the season, Coach. Well, I think their roles are more defined. You know, I think Leaky Black has become. You know, I call him a Seinfeld guy. You know, if you, if you watch Seinfeld, where's everybody hang out? They hang out at Jerry's apartment. If Jerry's not there, it's awkward, and that's that's what Leaky Black has become. And I don't think he wanted to be that early in the year. I think he wanted to be a shooter, a scorer. And I think right now their perimeter is really comfortable scoring. Like it's it's kind of odd in basketball. You go through it's organic, man. The season the season develops, and all of a sudden. I think, you know, and it happened probably before they played Duke, but when when I watched the Duke game, I saw four guys score 20 or more points in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Now, I watched that and I thought, man, you know, that gives you hope and focus. However, however, you know, they played and then won and won big. I mean, huge over Virginia, and they guarded. Like, they guarded and they were still scoring, but then they had a little drop against Virginia Tech. And sometimes... Sometimes that drop helps you a little bit. You know, you get thinking you're too much. But they are defined as scorers. They know who they're going to. And Baycott, the most underrated play in the NCAA tournament so far, has been Baycott's save on the left baseline, throwing it back out so that Caleb Love could hit the three to tie the game the other night against UCLA. This is seven feet tall. This is 240. 
and he has a reputation of being an around-the-rim guy, meaning, yeah, he's not going to do much outside of, I don't know, eight feet or maybe in the high ball screen, and, and certainly you're not going to get on-the-court hustle plays. Well, you got an on-the-court unbelievable hustle play from that kid, and that tells me this team is really, really together now. They're really connected to each other, and they're doing anything to win. I think they're going to win big today because I think those guards are so confident in their ability to go against anybody. St. Peter's really good defense, took Purdue out of everything. I felt like I was texting with Mark Packer. Uh, Billy, you know, I felt like in the last 10 minutes that Purdue was shook, man. They, 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 they were shook, yeah. but I don't think you're going to see that of Carolina because they're more guard-oriented. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think Purdue was like, you're not supposed to be that. Like, Purdue retreated. I mean, they really retreated. Yeah. I didn't think that. And their big guy, their big guy, he just went home. I mean, he took his marbles and left the playground. I mean, it was like, seriously, what are we doing here? I, I don't see that with North Carolina today. I think North Carolina knows no. what they're getting into. Yeah, and you know, Charles Barkley sent me a great text during the game. He goes, what is Purdue doing? They think they have Wilt and Kareem in the post? Why do they keep throwing it in there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, no, I think North Carolina is confident. I think they match up really well because they have quickness on the perimeter. Purdue didn't really have that. Ivy can go get anywhere he wants, and I don't care what people think. I, I'm taking Jaden Ivy in the first five. He's got, he's got crazy athletic ability. He's a great kid. But he's had a bad game, and they took him out of it. But I don't think you're going to see that. I, I really don't. And I also think, I also think this. I, I think that when you're North Carolina, and, and Coach, you'll understand this, man, there's something about Hubert Davis said it really well. You put on this uniform, you're expected to perform in big moments. And, you know, I, I got Indiana people all mad at me because that's my mantra with IU. Like, you don't put on the uniform and worry about, well, we played five games in eight days and then quit against St. Mary's. No, you're at North Carolina, you're at Duke, you're at Kansas. You know what? You put that uniform on for these moments, for big moments, for moments where, wait a second, you're telling me Duke's in the Final Four? Oh, yeah? Well, we're going to get there, too. Um, that's just what I think. I could be dead wrong, but I think you saw that with Carolina, and I don't think you saw that with Indiana, and I think that that rolls over today with Carolina against St. Peter's. Dan Dockich on Twitter, 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. Dan, great spot. Thank you for the time. Enjoy the basketball today. Coach, thanks a hey, lot. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you. Thanks. Anytime. You know, he's an thanks, NFL Mike. insider. Thank you too. very much. What's that, Michael? You know, he, he his Twitter handle says he's an NFL insider. We didn't even get to any NFL commentary <laughs> on him. I think he's great, though. One thing about Coach, he's going to say it like he sees it. I mean, he Cosell would be proud of him. If he see it, you've got to say it, right? Well, the most – and he's right about Jaden Ivey, who St. Peter's bottled up, but also Purdue, the most efficient offense in the country, scored just 64 points. We got to talk about St. Peter's when we come, when we come back because yeah, we, it's we'll an discuss. incredible it's an incredible story. Thanks to Dan Dockett. you can find him on Twitter. I didn't realize he was an NFL insider either. At that's what he posts. <laughs> uh, that's what he posts himself. Stephen, did you know that? We got to get him back for insider scoop. Aren't aren't we all NFL insiders if we have a Twitter right. handle? Isn't that the case? We come back talk about yeah. St. Peter's next here Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Express Bet, First Bet, get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses. And when you do, use that bonus code Vegas1000. Okay, hope you're having a nice Sunday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi hanging out in the office there in Jersey. And North Carolina, St. Peter. So uh, this is, it's interesting because these are two teams that weren't supposed to be here. I know we're talking yeah. about a blue blood and iconic program like North Carolina, but remember they were bubblicious. Now they've won 15 of 18. It's almost like the springboard for Duke was losing in the finale and also a springboard for North Carolina was losing ironically yeah, no in the finale. But this is fascinating. So St. Peter's obviously not supposed to be here. I think you keep up bringing up a good point that is very important here. Purdue didn't take advantage of their size. And I think no. North Carolina, Baycott and the boys, they will take advantage of their size against St. Peter's today. You know, you got to go back to uh, Sunday, February the 20th, the last time that this St. Peter's team lost. I mean, Siena beat them 84 to 70. They beat them in, at Siena's home court, you know, and, and Siena was able to control the middle of the court. You know, they, they, they were able to uh, really exert their defensive strength on them, and, and they were able to limit them, and they were able to get good shots. Siena shot 58% from the field in that game. They shot 45% from the three-point line. And so they were able to kind of play a better style of game than St. Peter's, but since then, since that point, I mean, you know, the, this St. Peter's team with Banks and Lee and Drama, all these guys have just responded. And the fact that he plays so many guys, they don't get as tired as often as like what happened to Arkansas. And I think that's going to pay a difference today. But this North Carolina team, I agree with you, Patrick. I, I think North Carolina is a different team. And I, and I don't want to be the spoiler of Cinderella. I really don't. But North Carolina is too talented, and the way Love played, and they've got size at the guard position. I know R.J. Davis is short, but they do have that size, which I think will neutralize St. Peter's. You mentioned how deep they go. Now, here is the rub, and as we break this game down, the key for St. Peter's is they rely heavily on getting to the free throw line, but North Carolina doesn't foul, okay? And St. Peter's, while relentless on defense, they do send their opponents to the free throw line a lot. And North Carolina was 23rd in the nation from the free throw line. So, again, I, I think this adds up for a North Carolina advantage in every category. But you just mentioned it. There is something special. And think about this. They outscored Purdue 15-8 to over the final four minutes. They had the edge over Murray State over the final four minutes. And they, they outplayed Kentucky down the stretch and into overtime. So there is some, there's some metal to this team. There's a special little run there. Yeah, there's no quit. I mean, there's no quit. And these kids don't get, they don't blink. I mean, they're not going to blink. The way you're going to have to beat St. Peter's isn't through intimidation or fear. You're going to have to beat them because you're a better team. I mean, that's really what Herb, Hubert Davis's message is today. We have to play our best to beat this team. This isn't a team, forget the number attached to their team, to their name. This is a team that we have to beat them, not because they're going to back down. They're not. They're not. They're not backing down. And they do a good job of adjusting. I think Holloway does a really good job of coaching during the game and his use of timeouts. He doesn't let the game get away from him. I just think, to me, this is a pace of the game. I mean, look, this North Carolina offense is really good. They're 19th in the nation. 
you know, and they, and they don't turn the ball over very much. They're only 57th in that category. They can make their free throws. They're 23rd in that area. This will be the best team that, that I think playing the best. Not that I think they're better than Kentucky, but they're playing better than Kentucky right now. This will be the biggest challenge St. Peter's has faced all tournament. And North Carolina can play fast, but again, we keep on harping on it. I think they'll take advantage of the size and try to get the ball on the interior. So that to me I is mean, the I mean, what key. they did to Baylor, though, Patrick, I mean, what they did to Baylor, Baylor in yeah, that game. Baylor, I mean, it you, was unbelievable. You, you, nobody does that to Baylor. I mean, seriously, that's a hard thing to do to Baylor, what they were able to. I know it went to overtime and Baylor was resilient in coming back, but to me, that that play against Baylor was was amazing. Was truly, truly amazing how they were able to to just put them away consistently. Equally fascinating is what St. Peter's did to an offense. And don't even think about you know the way that they they played on offense. Just think about what their defense St. Peter's did against Purdue. Again, Kempom's got them rated as the most efficient offense in the country. And just absolutely bottled up Jaden Ivey, who's going to be a top five pick, as you just heard from Dan Dockich. And Eddie and the boys could not get loose down low. I think they got shook in the game. You noticed Purdue seemed shook, specifically yeah. in the second half. Uh, we shall see with North Carolina. I think a little regression from the, the Carolina guards. But, I, again, I think if Carolina plays their B game and stays with the plan, I think they beat St. Peter's State. It's an eight-and-a-half number. Hey. And they can't let what happened to them against Baylor. You know, the last five minutes of the Baylor game, Baylor scored 35 points. Think about that. They gave up 35 points in the last five minutes. You know, they had held Baylor all the way through the game, through the first 20, through the first 30 minutes. Baylor never scored more than 17 points each each one of those each one of those 10 minute blocks. The last 10 minutes they allowed 35 points. That's a lot of points to allow. They have to kind of close this game out. And if you're St. Peter's, you're saying, hey, look, we can win this game because our depth is so strong and we're going to be fresh in those last 10 minutes. That's all St. Peter's. They want to get the game in the last 10 minutes. And in the last 10 minutes, you're going to see free throws. That's why I'm, I want to talk about this total for a second. You're looking at a total right now, Michael, and I do like the over in this matchup, but you're looking at a total 137. It's been hit up to 137 and a half, so not a huge move. But North Carolina over the last 19, 13 and 6 to the over. And like I said, while St. Peter's is absolutely relentless on defense, they foul a lot. A lot, a lot. And they've been living. It's weird. St. Peter's during the regular season wasn't good from the free throw line. They've been exemplary from the free throw line in the tournament. So there's a little momentum there. And I think this is going to be a free throw game late where you see a yeah. lot of fouls, whether it's St. Peter's trying to claw back or it's a close game. I, I, I like that total of 137 over. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, look, uh, North Carolina, a good free throw shooting team. They're the best free throw shooting team in the ACC. And, you know, that gives them a lot of chances to do that. Plus, you know, this is a good three-point three, three point shooting team as well. I mean, I think what we saw yesterday, and I think it got to carry over, when you don't shoot well, like Houston didn't shoot well, it, it doesn't matter really who you're playing, right? Mm -hmm. it, you know, when you don't shoot the ball effectively, I just don't I, – I didn't think, you know, going into the game, I didn't think that – Duke would shoot poorly. They have too many good guys, too many good shooters. And I feel the same way about North Carolina. I, I think they have way too many good shooters for them not to shoot effectively today and, and be able to, you know, get this total. I think this total is a little light. I really do. Especially North Carolina, you know, their tempo, they're second in the ACC and playing tempo. 
I, I kind of feel like this is going to go over. Everybody's St. Peter's is defense, but I, I think North Carolina is going to make shots. You know what's weird about St. Peter's? They haven't shot from three in the tournament. They did shoot respectably over 35% from three in the regular season. They were terrible in the regular season from the free throw line. They've been awesome. I think they shoot a little bit better from outside today, and I think we hit that over 137. But again, as you mentioned, that number ended up closing 13. So Purdue laying 13 against St. Peter's. What you've seen here is an adjustment. By the way, a couple of shops just went to nine with North Carolina, yeah. so we're seeing some love there, Michael. I I think if you power rate this game, if you just take bias out of it and you power rate this game and it's not, you know, the betting market sets this number because of where they, they want to get action on both sides, right? And so if you are a power ranking better and you are really just looking at numbers, you are going to come in late today on North Carolina because this number is going to be a little light. And you've got to acknowledge what St. Peter's has done. You've got to acknowledge how they're playing improved since they've lost February 20th to Siena. So you've got to acknowledge that. So you're going to have to adjust your number just to tad off that. But this is a light number here. You know, I think North Carolina would have been favored against Purdue to me. I don't know what Thomas Gable would say to that. But this at eight to me seems really light. And, you know, the magic of St. Peter's at some point we all know they, they were a 15 seed for a reason. Those numbers do show up. The tickets right now, so the percentage of bets right now, 65%, but the money, 56% on North Carolina. So you see yeah. a bit of I a mean, chasm there. I, no it, surprise. It's the perfect ticket ratio that I love the most since we've started doing this show three years ago, four years ago, however long it's been. Low ticket count, high money. I love that. Yep. To me, that's way more important than line movement. That shows you that there's more, there, there's, there's in a lot of larger bets. It's not trying to tell you who's going to win by no means. But, but it does tell you what, what the difference between the betting public, between mom and pop, and people that are actually putting serious coin down. I hope they have good Wi-Fi up in heaven because your boy St. Peter is going to be dialed in. You oh, know, yeah. he, was, um, he was crucified in Rome under the Emperor Nero. <laughs> Look at you with your Christian religion. I'm history. literally reading yeah. from Wikipedia. <laughs> like, uh, well, don't give I me mean, too much as credit. As long as, long as, you, as <laughs> long as you check the footnotes in Wikipedia, you can continue to go. St. <laughs> Peter, he, he got after it, man. Uh, he, if he was watching Did today. Did you see Parcells? I mean, they even got Parcells quoted on St. Peter's. I mean, it's great. What did I mean, Parcells they got Parcells. Say? He said, when I see these kids play, that makes me feel like I'm back in McKay Park in Inglewood playing four-on-four. Four. These kids remind me of my childhood. The best thing was in those four-on-four four games, if you lost, that was it. You ain't getting back on the court. It was come back after lunch. Only Parcells. He's so brilliant. My guess, these St. Peter's kids have been these in these games their whole life. My guess, is he said that, my guess is he said that at a ticket window at a racetrack. <laughs> we continue. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or somebody got him. I love it. God, I love it. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, thank you Brent. Make your first wager and win big during March Madness matchups over at BetMGM. This is awesome. So you download the BetMGM app, place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. If any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you're going to win 200 bucks paid for in free bets. MM200 is the code. Mary Mary 200 is the code. You're going to win 200 bucks again, only a $10 investment. This is for new betters. 
bets, paid for and free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. New customer offer. Rewards issued as a non-withdrawable free bet. So, again, get over there. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years or older. That's me and Michael. We're both 21 years or older. A bunch of kids <laughs> playing that are younger than that. It's yep. been it's been it's been a fun tournament. You know, yesterday wasn't good from a basketball. It's like you said with we didn't really talk about Moss in Arkansas. Duke's just better, and they yeah, fought. You know, it sh- they showed you that kind of Moss grit by coming back, but you never felt like Duke was in trouble. To, you can interrupt me never. if you felt. And it no, just, I never did. You know, it just never felt like Arkansas was really going to push them. No, they just did. To me, early on, even though Arkansas was playing good defense, you could just see Arkansas was having, you know, they were taking their horrendous shots that they typically always do, and they're not great shooters, and they couldn't get enough consistent stops when they needed to, and the game was going to eventually get away from them. And then when that lead became two, it became four, it became six, you knew that there was only so many times you were going to limit them, and they just didn't have enough offensive punch. Look, it was a great, it's a great run for Arkansas. There's, they've been a great defensive team. But with just one really legitimate player to get to the rim, Note, and he's somewhat out of control, it was too much. Duke just played better. And like I said, I think if you would have played that game ten times, I think Duke's going to win ten. I don't disagree with you. There was a stat I wanted to give. Oh, this one's, this is fascinating. So Duke and North Carolina have played 257 times. It's the biggest rivalry in college hoops. You know, they've never played in the tournament, and we could be looking in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. We could be looking at a it, final it, four. Isn't How, it set up like that? Can you I mean, imagine? It's so set up, like, for the love of the game. I mean, where's Kevin Costner? And, you know, I mean, let's go back to Yankee Stadium. And, you know, it's so set up. I mean, this could – could I mean, look, if you're the networks, either way you're going to win, right? I mean, if it's St. Peter's versus Duke, you're happy. If it's North Carolina versus Duke, I mean, either way it's going to be a, tr- a tremendous, tremendous draw. So – but uh, it just feels like – it's a Hollywood script here that we're going to see Duke and North Carolina and Duke comes to revenge their loss in the last game of Coach K. I mean, it's really, I mean, it, it, William Goldman couldn't write a better script. And I have always, I'm fond of the Coach K cam, which Coach K is on TV more than kids are on TikTok. He, and yeah. he's got a little giddy up in the step. I think, did he have hip replacement? I think he might have. It looked like it. It looks like little, it. Yeah. He's got a little giddy up. Um, my favorite shot, and you could tell me yours, is every time before the game when he walks out of the tunnel by himself knowingly yeah. and the camera knows when he's going to walk out because he's tipped them off to it. I love Coach K. Coach K is so... I don't know if you want to say divisive, but uh, he has uh, he has a lot of supporters and a lot of detractors. And that's what happens when you've done it for five decades and you've been the most successful. I mean, you know, to be fair yeah. to him, he's won so much. I mean, it's the same thing with Belichick. I mean, people give Bill a hard time because he's won so much. When you win that much, you've got to take it, right? Because you're, you're, you've excelled so much above the other people that there, there has to be some reason why you're winning. It just can't because you're a great coach. I mean, Jay Wright doesn't have that because I think what Dan said was so well about Villanova's team is the sum of the parts are way better than their individual parts. I think at Villanova, there's no denying that. Duke, on the other hand, they are now becoming the sum of their parts, which are really talented. Earlier, we saw them not as good individually. Now they're playing more like a team. They're not an AAU team any longer. 
Okay, but to be fair, and I agree with Dokic about the sum of parts, but without more, there's only four it's parts hard. left. There's literally, like, they only go five, six deep. They literally only go six deep with Daniels coming off the bench. So, like, it, it, this it, it, more is I, I think huge they can loss. get by the I mean I think they if it's Miami they can get by it if it's if it's Kansas I think they can squeak by it the next round the, the, the if they get to the championship game I think that's ultimately when it shows when it rears its ugly head to me to me I think they could conceivably get by the next round whether it's Miami or Kansas but I think once they play either Duke or say you know the next round Duke, if they play Duke or St. Peter's or North Carolina, I think then it becomes the issue. We're gonna get, I want to get to uh, Miami and Kansas coming up at the top. Did you know the two longest odds of the eight in the Elite Eight? Of course, you knew St. Peter's was the longest at 30, 35 to 1, depending on what book you looked at. But also Miami. Miami was the uh, seventh as far as 20 to 1 longest odds coming into this elite eight to win a championship. So that's that we're going to cap coming up in about seven minutes. We're going to cap that Kansas and Miami matchup in the Midwest. But I did want to bring this up because, you know, we, and you had a great take on Deshaun Watson and you can read also Michael's take on it at vston.com. But are we overreacting? And this is a weird transition, but this is something that's been talked about a lot here at VEASAN. How about the Browns jumping up to favorites in the North? The Bengals two to one, the Ravens two, two and a quarter, but the Browns are 150 to 170. We got them listed at 160. Michael, I just wanted to get your take quickly on this because it does feel like a complete overreaction in the market to the Browns right now. Well, I think what what the market is saying is, look, they have a good team and they still have cap room. And they're bringing most of the people back that they had. I mean, they, they've added, they've added uh, you know, Amari Cooper, which, you know, is still a good receiver. They, they've added, you know, Jakeem Grant to help their kicking game. They've added some other pieces in their team, and they got a blue-chip quarterback. And now they can focus on getting their defense back. They've got to sign uh, Malik McDowell back or Clowney back. They've got to sign some of these defensive linemen back. But what we were saying is they've got a really good team that I think ultimately, ultimately uh, has the best chance because they're the most complete team. You know, Cincinnati, as good as Burrow and Chase played last year, you know, they've improved their offensive line tremendously. There's no denying that. They definitely have. So we'll see how that goes. But to me, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the concerns you have if I'm Cleveland is you don't have as an elite field goal kicker that Cincinnati has or that Baltimore has. And that could ultimately be the difference here. That could ultimately be the difference here. And so, you know, I, I think you've got to be careful here. You know, McLaughlin, um, I believe it is, McLaughlin, I think he's clearly the guy that, you know, they got him off the waiver wire last year. They're going to bring him back. He's a free agent right now. Who's going to do the kicking for them to compete with the good teams that they play within the North? especially Cincinnati and Baltimore, who have elite kickers. And you mentioned, and you talked about it extensively for good reason, but the issue for the Bengals was protection last year. They go out and get Collins. They add a couple more uh, uh, on that they offensive get Karras, front. They get, they, get, they get Kappa. I mean, they've improved their team. There's no denying this. But they, they still, how good are they offensively? I think, I mean, in the offensive line. There's still some concerns there that you have to feel. I think Collins will certainly help them at right tackle. There's no denying that. You know, and Kappa and Karras, they're going to play him at center. So their, their offensive line is going to be completely different. You know, they, you know, the other guy they had to replace CJ is Hayden Hurst. I mean, it kind of hasn't been talked much about, but they, they hired... They 
they signed him, you know. But I think with McPherson and Tucker, those two kickers, I think that really becomes the biggest difference. Now, how good are they at corner remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. And Ogajobi, who failed his physical on his way to Chicago, is still a free agent. Nobody can sign him. So their defensive tackle. But, look, the Bengals have all their draft picks. They'll get some younger players in there. The corner spot, if Eli Apple, who they brought back as their third corner, along with Mike Hilton as their nickel corner, to me they're still vulnerable. And Hubbard and Hendrickson are going to have to win the game. And they're going to have to do much like the Raiders. They're going to have to play from in front to enact Hubbard, to enact Hendrickson to have their best games. It'll be an interesting dichotomy of how they go but they have improved offensively. I just think defensively, there's a little concern about how good this team is, especially in their secondary. Whereas in Cleveland, you know, you know you've got some real, you got Denzel Ward playing, playing corner for you. You know, you're, you're a better team. You got the Newsome kid who you drafted in the first round out of Wake Forest. I mean, you're a much better team at, at, in the secondary than, than what, they, what, what Cincinnati is right now. If I'm a Ravens backer in that division, what would be the concern? I'm still concerned about the Ravens' offense. I mean, look, I don't like the Ravens' offense. I haven't liked it. They can run the ball. The Ravens' offensive line was not very good last year. Now they get Stanley back. They signed Morgan Moses. You know, they signed him back. You know, they still they still have Jawan James, who they signed last year. But the defensive front of this team is completely different. They don't have a defensive lineman. They brought Michael Pierce back, a kid that they know. But Brandon Williams, Khalees Campbell, Justin Houston, and, Bur- and, By- and Bur- Josh Bynes, Burns, I mean, he's out. They're all free agents they haven't signed. They're older, longer in the tooth in the defensive front. And how good are they going to be in the secondary? Was Marcus Peters, is he going to be good enough to play again. He's always an up-and-down player. and We know Humphrey's a really good player, but where else are they going to get cover guys from? Jimmy Smith's a free agent, and I don't think he can play anymore. When you said McLaughlin, I thought we were talking Sarah McLaughlin. That was my I will remember you, Angel. Those were my jams. She was helping dogs. I was dogs. talking about the kicker. Did I say his name wrong? I, I just thought of Sarah. Evan? We come oh. back Miami and Kansas next. 